Hello, and welcome to HeartPoints, a one-to-one actual play podcast. I'm your GM and husband, Zach. I am your player and wife, Diana. Hello, my darling. Hello. How are you doing? I'm okay. I've had a busy week at work, so I can definitely, definitely benefit from a nice, stress-free, no yelling or dying (laughs) at all playing session yeah yeah you missed our uh you missed our dungeon world campaign because you had to stay late at work for what parent teacher conferences no i'm not a teacher uh, well i thought <laughs> that you still meet with them for that well sorry. it was it was fafsa night so we had par- right. parents who are nervous about completing the fafsa or or students who aren't sure what to do or or People who are in weird situations, if you're undocumented or if your parents are undocumented, that changes how you fill out the form. If mm-hmm. you've got triplets and all three of you are going to college at the same time, that changes how you fill out the form. So we had like a representative from the state come in and help people fill that stuff out. And I just was reminded how traumatic the FAFSA was and also how little I know about it. Couldn't answer anyone's questions. I'm sorry. But yeah, I missed fun. For dumb work. And yeah. tomorrow is Saturday, and I have to go back. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> High school's the worst. That's yeah. not true. It was, a, it was a good session, too. I got to... My warlock has Mimic, so I got to sneak into an elven election and destroy it from the... Uh, basically rig it, essentially. So you were probably, like, super happy. Your character mm-hmm. is chaotic something yeah um i play my warlock as a mix between abby from broad city and uh haruko from fully Cooley. uh and i love her she is amazing she is a great Um, character i do enjoy i do enjoy your character a lot and yeah it was it was good and you missed out on all the fun of me rigging an election that i had no part in voting in that's true i also did not have a choice in missing this yeah, I know. I, I had to be there. I know, I'm sorry. Um, that's okay, though, because I get a special one-on-one session with our DM. Mm. So You're special. I am special. And I get lunch with it, so haha. I also have to apologize because I realized that the Segaransa campaign has not been living up to its potential. Oh, no. So <laughs> I don't know what that means. So I don't think I actually mentioned it during the PAX retrospective, but uh, when I stopped by Magpie Games, I was talking to uh, the people behind the counter there, and they have a book there called The Green Law of Varkith. Okay. And it is a book for how to run guild intrigue settings, a city-based guild intrigue setting in Dungeon World. Oh, so the exact thing we're doing. So the exact thing that I wanted to do. Yay, okay, cool. Uh, with the Segaranza campaign. Nice. And so I got it. I okay. got a copy. And I finished reading it last night. Mm-hmm. And I am mad that we have done 13 episodes of this, uh-huh. of this series, without the Green Law of Varkith. Okay. So um, this is not going to be an episode where it's stress-free and no yelling and no dying or potential of dying. Is oh, that, no, that, that no, no, no. I have not had a chance to, I have not had a chance to utilize the Green Law of Market oh, okay. for our campaign. Oh, okay. Um, it actually made me want to, like, take more time off, but it's been two weeks since we've been in Segaranza. Yeah, that's true. But, uh, I mean, you could just give me another dream. We can just do that for a couple more episodes. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's good storytelling. <laughs> Listen, 
I liked the last stream. I thought it was awesome. I'm very excited to see where it goes. Listen, I liked the last stream too. I like big, scary dog gods. I know you do. I realize that's kind of a theme in everything I do is big, scary dog gods. Yep. I didn't really actually realize that until we finished recording that episode. And I was like, oh, I do that a lot. Yeah. I don't know why I do that. Hmm. Maybe we should talk. Maybe we should talk to some. Maybe you need to talk to someone. (laughs) Go further back into your mind. When were you traumatized? Blah, 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 blah. I once... That was therapy, by the way. I mean, we we could go into my weird... Oh, please don't. I don't want to know. No. My brother and I once saw a dog that we swear was a ghost. (laughs) Are you Kesha? No, Kesha... No. Okay, I didn't mean it that I didn't mean it that way. I'm just saying, like she is very adamant that this she had a relationship with this ghost. I'm just saying. No, I didn't mean I it weirdly. Saw I did a dog it, ghost once. It did come off weirdly. I didn't mean it weirdly. Monster. I didn't mean it weirdly. She just is very sincere about this ghost experience. In any case, no, the Green Law of Varkith, it's uh, by Brendan Conway. It's a whole setting book for Dungeon World. And it has a whole new collection of races for Dungeon World and a whole setting that's kind of focused and maybe even you could say restricted to this island city uh, where everyone has to belong to a guild by law and by like magic law. You have to belong to a guild if you're going to stay in the city. So all the like intrigue is these guilds trying to like one up one another and they have uh, there's a chapter in the book that is just rules for how to run guilds and guild influence oh, and like okay. looking at how the guilds are interacting with one another. Okay. So that is something that I really hope to employ in this. Well, I bet it'll come in handy when my papa comes around because that's happening. I know that's happening. There's no doubt in my mind that my hometown is coming after me. You think your dad can spare to leave? I don't the think mines my dad. My dad himself probably can't, but some sort of emissary. Yeah. That's the word, right? Emissary. Did I get that right? Uh, I have. Yeah. Ne- there is no reason that I will have should have ever used that word in the past, and it may be a word I have only ever read and heard occasionally. So I just wanted to make sure I said it right. Emissary. Did good, kid. <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I, I want to I want to include this book, and I highly recommend it. It's published by Magpie Games. You should check it out if uh, that sounds interesting to you. Uh, it was pitched to me as sort of a um, dungeon world running Blades in the Dark, okay. which I'm also very excited to play. That was a lot of stuff I didn't know about. I don't know what Blades in the Dark is. You do know what Blades in the Dark is because we've talked about it many times because it's the, the campaign game? that our, yes, it's oh. the setting that our, or the game that our editor Zach is going to run That's for right. Us. That's right. That's right. Brain fart. I got it. I'm there. You're good. I'm sorry. You need some coffee? No, I don't drink coffee I and I had don't. some caffeine. I'm fine. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm ready. No, you're good. So let's get started then. Yes. This is episode 14. Yes. Uh, last we left Sal, she had a weird dream with a bunch of painted wolves a giant jackal Mm -hmm. and a bunch of gnolls yep and she woke up to evaristo and she had a conversation with evaristo in which he gave her a uh scabbard for her sword right which i don't listen it's not that i don't have a scabbard i just want the audience to know this this was a choice that she made when she left she just thought it was cool here's the it's not it's not practical here here's the truth 
I'm sick of the billowy pants meme. <gasps> no! I hate it. I love the billowy pants. I know, and so does Zach, and I hate it. I love the billowy pants. Well, here's the thing. I'm just going to describe the scabbard around the billowy pants. No. The billowy <laughs> pants are happening. I hate the billowy <laughs> pants. I just want to get rid of the billowy pants. No! Love them. Every suit asked you to lay low a little bit. Right. Stop getting in so much trouble, yep. and that he was going... To he basically promised to do what he can to help you. Yes, All right. That is accurate. So uh, he went back to bed. You went back to bed, and I have no idea what Sal is planning on doing next. <laughs> so that what, makes two of us. What I'm is? Kidding. What is, is? Are you? I mean, a little bit What's, only. So you wake up to the smell of uh, breakfast being cooked, and when you get up, you see Flora setting the table and and setting out uh food for breakfast paint the scene what food am i seeing (laughs) be very specific i think it is rice and eggs and some meat that you don't recognize okay cut into thin strips is there like a coffee yes because that's the first thing that sound goes for she goes for un cafe she has un cafe Sound walks into the kitchen. She says, oh, Flora, that smells so good. While she walks over to the cafe and makes herself a little, just a, just a cup of coffee. Okay. Uh, and Flora tells you it's no problem. It's her pleasure. She's so happy that you're staying with them. And uh, Gilberto comes out and he, uh, I think he helps like finish off setting up the table. He takes a seat and he starts like serving you and then serves himself and then serves Flora. And uh, Everistu is nowhere to be seen. Okay. I'm sure they're like, oh, what are your plans for the day? Like, you know, it's idle chit chat. So I let them know I'm going to go to the library and I'm going to be seeing a friend. So I appreciate their generosity, but I don't know that I'll be back tonight. Flora goes, Sal, you can't. You should stay here. You should make yourself at home. You should stay here as long as you need. Oh, thank you. And here's the thing. I'll probably be back. There's a good chance I'm coming back tonight. I'm just letting you know so you don't worry if I don't come back. I think Gilberto kind of is, is very gruff and he's like, the city is nowhere for a young lady to be out alone. You should just stay here and come back here tonight. That I don't think that's ever been his voice before, but that's kind of <laughs> I guess that's his voice now. Okay. I think I very like quarter-heartedly, not even half-heartedly, quarter-heartedly put up a small fight because I know that every student does not want me there, but this is like good cooking. I get like clothes and I can take a shower and it's warm. I don't really want to impose on anyone else. I don't mind imposing on Flora and Gilberto. Mm-hmm. So I quarter heartedly, I'm like, no, I might stay with a friend. I'm just going to go see a friend and who knows? I don't know what's happening. Flora, like, I think she like puts her hand on your wrist and she goes, just remember that we are here for you and you can come back to us whenever you need. Thank you, Flora. That's perfect. I think we just have like a nice quiet breakfast and then I get ready to go. Okay. Oh, I, am I still wearing her dress or are my clothes dry? Yeah, I think they cleaned your clothes. Okay. Uh, I think Gilberto cleaned your clothes so uh, you can get those back. I just remembered a mission that I had set up for myself in my own head about what I'm going to do today. Okay, perfect. So I put on my clothes mm-hmm. and they're clean, but they are still like 
clearly like full of holes and probably there's still some blood and stuff on them even though they've been cleaned yeah and actually maybe flora does kind of like fight you over that and like she wants to like hold on to them so that she can she can mend them for you do you really want your clothes back yeah i do okay i'm willing to fight her for it uh, no, I'm I not, think I'm that, not gonna actually fight her. Well, I know that, argument, but, but yeah, yeah. So I want my billow of pants. I want my billow of pants, <laughs> and I want a shirt. And okay. I believe that's what I was wearing was just a shirt and some billowy pants, right? Uh, it was. Yeah. Impre- I don't think yeah, we ever specified. It was. I knew that I had billowy pants, but yeah. I just have impressive clothes. For some reason, I always pictured Sal wearing a vest. Right? But I think that's just because I always make my characters wear vests. Do you? I do. Every character I've ever made has a vest. And I think it's because I don't wear them. Vests are very heroic. They are. I think that's Han Solo's fault. But I think that she's not wearing a vest. I think she's wearing just like a shirt. Oh, fine. Okay. Well, but she probably wears some sort of jacket or something. We did not think this through. Sorry, guys. <laughs> She's got some sort of top situation going mm-hmm. and billowy pants. The okay. only thing that's important are the billowy pants. Okay. Let's be real. All right. Here's a question. Are you still bothering to cover your birthmark? Yes. Okay. I am. I still try to cover it, but I'm not quite as, like, did on top of it. you about a scarf? Okay. Well, hold on, because I had a mission <laughs> for myself today. Okay. Don't worry about it. All right. But I, it's going to be really boring for all of you guys. Sorry. But I, um, I'm not quite as obsessive about making sure that it's covered around Flora and Gilberto. Probably because when we were traveling, they would have seen it. Mm-hmm. And if they didn't say anything, I think I just kind of trust that they don't know what it means. Yeah. So, like, after my shower, my hair was down. It was, you know, it's curly, so got to let it dry. A li- no, that's not right. I don't have curly hair, so I always make my characters have curly hair. Yeah. And I don't actually know how you take care of wet, curly hair. <laughs> I think... I think you braid it when it's wet. I don't know why I'm looking at you like you're going to know yeah, the answer. I, it doesn't matter. My hair was down. They saw mm-hmm. my neck and then I braided it back because that's how I keep my hair is it's braided. Okay. Anyway, so I'm braided. I'm in my old clothes. I've got my rapier in its sheath. So the sheath is visible. Okay. On top of my billet pants. Okay. And I'm making my way out the door to go to the library. Uh, do you want to make any... Final plans, final conversation with Florio Boto. Anything else important? Nope. Just I'll see you guys when I see you. Maybe okay. today, maybe later. Right. Have a great day. I think Flora gives you a hug, um, and she says that she's going to be running some errands in the market uh, with <gasps> Gilberto. You're going to be running errands in the market? Uh, yeah, I had to do some shopping and get some groceries. Are Are you going now? Uh, no, probably later in the day. I might run into you there. I have some plans in the market myself. She goes, well, just be safe getting there. And, um, you know, if you ever, again, if right. you need anything, come back. If you want to come back and then we can go together, feel free to do that. I don't know how long I'm going to be at the library. I don't want to hold you up. You kind of, you do your own thing. And if I run into you, we will, I'll make sure that I, I stop and we, we talk. Okay. So I go to the library. Um, GM, DM. How far away is the library from where I am? Is it walkable, or do I need to hire transportation? That There are several. I want to go to the public one. There were several libraries, and I want to go to the public library. Yes, there was a public library, and then there was a library owned by... Ukorosan. Ukorosan. Right. I want to go to the public one. Well, why don't you uh, try to navigate the city? Well, that's the thing. If I can walk it, I would would like to walk it, but if Mm -hmm. I have to go on a train... I will just take a train. Doesn't navigating the city... Don't I need to know how I'm getting there before I do it? Isn't this a story-driven game? 
Zachary. You're very right. This is a narrative-driven game, but I think we can also use the mechanics to drive the narrative. All right, fine. So the narrative is you're <laughs> heading out. Yes. Which and, triggers the move. Right, and I just want to know if I'm walking there or not. But fine. Let's find out. Okay. I rolled. Ooh, that's a 12. Plus what? Wisdom, right? Um, Wisdom, yes. Plus, it's just 12. I haven't started that up yet. Yeah, I didn't oh, think anything would by the way, mess it up. We should have checked this before we started. Um, strength is still my identified... Highlighted. Right? Stat. That's yep. correct? Okay. Yep. All right. Yes. So I got a 12. I passed that MFR. Yes, you do. Uh, um, so on a 12 plus, you find it no problem. Yeah, you managed to get a, 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 a rickshaw and... Do I have to pay this rickshaw? I was trying to save my money. That was the whole point of this conversation. Uh, yeah, but I think it is inconsequential. I think so I don't have to mark anything now? No. Ah, yeah. Ladies um, and gentlemen, that is a win. The, uh, the library is pretty near the center of Segaranza. Okay. It is off to the east. Okay. Uh, of Garda Station. Okay. Right. And it's this massive library. Mm-hmm. And I think as uh, you get dropped off by your auto rickshaw driver or rickshaw driver, you see a lot of people lounging around and talking and selling things. The same bustle as always happens in the city in this large square okay. in front of the in front of the library. And there are uh, people finely dressed, people bustling about, uh, carrying like stacks of papers and mm-hmm. stacks of books mm-hmm. in and out of the of the large double doors of the library. Okay. Here's a question, really quick. Yes. I don't know that we would have established this. Obviously, I can read. I have books. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I can read. Is it weird that I can re- read? I am a female. No, I okay. don't think your gender has anything to do with it. Okay. Uh, maybe. It is because of your class that you're able to read. Maybe reading that, that isn't much of a uh, of a skill that people below the like upper class mm-hmm. have. But I don't necessarily know if. Uh, yeah, we could do that. Um, like reading is a skill that is reserved for the like the upper class, the the high society, okay. nobles, and just below nobles is it reserved or is it just much more common because they actually can afford school like time wise yeah. and resource wise yeah okay they, they have the time they have the resources they have the luxury of or- being able to dedicate time to learning how to read and practicing reading right right okay um whereas other people are busy working or adventuring or any other number of trades or crafts got it it's mostly people who are dedicated to scholarship people who are dedicated to magic or people who have the luxury of the leisure of reading. Right. And I fall into that latter category. Yeah. Okay. I'm going into the library. Is there like a help desk? So here's what I imagine. I imagine those beautiful college libraries. Like the big fancy ones, right? Lots mm-hmm. of like dark wood and a help desk that is very not helpful. And just people kind of quietly reading. And groups of people loudly doing things with papers and frantically like... This, I'm, this is what I'm imagining, okay? Mm-hmm. So I walk in and I go to the help desk. Okay. Is there a person there? Uh, yeah, there is a very tall and lithe elf. Okay. Um, standing behind the help desk. Right. Or behind, like, the front desk. We haven't really talked too much about elves in the Segaranza setting. And I like to make my 
like races weird yes. or different. Right. And I hadn't really decided what I wanted to do with elves. I think they are creepily long. Okay. I think they have like long insect-like limbs and <laughs> bodies and uh, necks. So um, not graceful. I would prefer a dwarf. Yeah, right? Yeah. I think the dwarves are very, like... Compact um, and compact. cute. Yeah. These are creepy. Long, like, creepy things. Yeah, the the dwarves are very, like, mammalian, I think. Yeah. And the elves are very bird-like. Okay. Oh, God, I hate birds. <laughs> um, Not, like, literally bird-like. No, but, but, I mean, yeah. like, in terms of just, like, they're that kind of... Maybe not even graceful, like... You know how a bird can be graceful in the air, but also kind of like janky on the when it's ground? walking, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's kind of how elves are. If they're not acting with purpose or acting in something that is naturally graceful, they're kind of like they look like weird. Mm-hmm. They look like there's like something not quite right about mm-hmm. them because they're so built for like gracefully gliding like along the planes of right. the Esha uh, step, right? Or um, gesturing majestically to crowds. <laughs> uh, so when you see this this elf behind this desk, he's kind of like like clumsily fuddling with things and like jerkily um, moving, jerky. Move, yeah, jerky he kind of has like his head on a swivel. Yeah. Um, and they have, I, I think they have like long ears that stick out from the side, like Dobby. Uh, yeah. House elf, but yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, like Dobby's uh, ears, but not as gross as Dobby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, get, I just can't think um, of another thing that has ears like that. Yeah, they have very, like, fae-like faces. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this one has long white hair that uh, is tied uh, behind the back of their head. And they look at you and kind of tilt their head to the side and say, Can I help you? Uh, yes, actually. I am interested in learning more about Ukurasan. I don't want to know about the history that they have in their library. I would like to kind of more to know about the history of the town around Ukurasan. Does that make sense? So you want to know about Segaranza? Yes, but specifically about how, like, specifically in relation to Ukurasan. Not just necessarily the town. Is- yes, yes. I would like to know about Segaranza. The elf, like, blinks slowly. Why don't... Yeah, I think you're rolling your charisma to see if... Um... You can kind of uh, inspire this elf to find what you're looking for. Okay. All right. My charisma is a plus two. Yeah, I know. You have a pretty good chance. That is an eight plus two is a ten. All right. Succeed. This elf kind of blinks slowly and uh, you see his eyes kind of like go to the left and they go, uh, the elf goes, you know what? I think I do have something that you could use. Come with me. Can I just, really quick, I know that you're about to explain something, but this is kind of how I imagined it when you were talking about the elves, and I really hope that this comes true. When he moves, I want to be just, like, slack-jawed, amazed at how graceful he is in moving and how beautiful it is, because I was so weirded out by his weird jerky movements just now. Yeah, so I think that's exactly what happens. When he, like, when they move beyond, uh, around the desk, they're just gliding. (gasps) Like uh, like a bird flies, yeah. but walking and uh, they have purpose. Yeah, he's they are on a mission, and I am so about like sh- I'm just shocked. Like preternaturally perfect poise, right? And they they start leading you down the aisles. 
as they're walking, I think they make small talk with you and they go, um, what has inspired you to look for such a specific subject? I have always been very interested in kind of the development of areas and, and sort of why things are the way they are. And Ukorasan plays such a huge role in Segaranza, but I knew that if I went to the Ukorasan library, the information I got might be a bit biased. And I'm looking for something that's a little less biased and a true accounting of kind of the growth and development. Uh, the elf smiles, and you can see that their mouth is full of like kind of sharp teeth. Oh, God, this, this character gets creepier and creepier. <laughs> uh, and the elf goes, um, that is a very interesting field of study. And they start leading you through the aisles. And we've established that most buildings in Sagaranza don't go up, at least very far. Like right. there's, there's a pretty decent number of two-story buildings, but no higher than that. But the library goes down. Yes! And this, uh, uh, this elf leads you to a stairway and starts taking you down the stairs and there's these these stone walls and you go down to the next floor and there's a, a little bit fewer people and they they keep walking take you to another stairway go down there's a few fewer people here I'm going to the restricted restricted section I'm so excited and here there are um there uh like glowing orbs embedded into the wall okay. uh, so that there's not open flames in the library. So they're what getting, color are the globes? Uh, like bluish white. <gasps> good, good. For, you know, high quality reading experience. Right, yeah. And just truly eerie. Yeah. Like that's a weird color. Like you would expect like an orange mm-hmm. because of like flame, but this is blue. Yeah. That's weird. So there are fewer people this, this far down and this is the bottom level of the library. And there are some desks and, and tables, and there's more here than there were on the other previous floors. Like, there okay. were places for people to work. This is clearly for more studious. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the elf uh, takes you over to a, a, sh- a bookshelf, and they run their finger along the spines. Uh, and I'm sure it's a creepy salad finger's finger. Yes. I think, well, no, I think it's actually a very, like, smooth, graceful, like, running of the hand until he starts getting close to the one that he's looking for and when he has to get like when they have to get like precise they get a little like jerkier it's not quite as uh as fluid once they need like this very precise movement i hope all of you recognize that i find this very gross uh this elf is my new favorite character (laughs) and uh that they they put their finger on one spine and they go ah here it is and they pull it out and what is the name of this book? So you're looking for something specifically that is the early days of Segaranza after Ukurasan? Like maybe right after Ukurasan was found or developed or considered or I don't know what word we would use for that. Okay. Founded. All right. So this book is called uh, The Genesis of the Pentopolis. Oh, okay. And it's actually... Uh, book about the pentopolis itself mm-hmm. all five of the cities of the esha steppe the elf uh leads you over to a uh an empty table and he sets the book down uh and they open it up and they start flipping through and they take it like a quarter of the way through and there at the top is uh, a chapter titled avirius the heart 
and the city of safety. Ooh, and that's good. The elf. Uh, you can tell he's a writer, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> can you? That was a good title. The uh, the elf gestures to the book and says, um, "Do you have any collateral or uh, identification?" I have money. The elf goes. Uh, Unfortunately, you can't pay to check out the books. I, I'm not taking this book with me. I just kind of want to read it here. Uh, they nod and they say, that's, that, that's absolutely fine. I will return to the desk. And if you need anything at all, please come see me. What's your name? Their name is Inalchuk. Thank you so much for all your help, Inalchuk. I'll make sure to stop by before I leave. They, uh, they nod and give this uh, very graceful nod. Okay. Uh, and then they leave. Okay. And, okay, so what is it that you are looking for in this book? Well, first, I am pulling out... So, I have two books. I have Legends of Heroes Past and Spells and Magics. Okay. I take out whichever book has some blank space in the back, because I really need to buy a notebook. And... Okay. What book did you write your dream down in? I wrote that in Legends of Heroes Past. Okay. So, I think any notes that I take, I'm going to write in Spells and Magics. Okay. I think I'm going to separate them. So, I have that out. I'm ready to take notes if I need to. Okay. But what I'm looking for is I want to see what was here before Ukorasan became what it is now. What was the city built on? What did they build Ukorasan, like the, the structure that's there mm-hmm. now? What was that built on or with? I want to, I kind of just want to know who built it, who, literally anything, but I don't want it whitewashed by the library of Ukorasan. I don't trust that to be unbiased. Okay. Why don't you spout lore and take okay. plus one for having this book? Okay. So that's a seven. Plus one is eight. Plus. But lore, spouting lore is um, intelligence, which is a plus one. So that's a nine. So on a, not, a seven through nine, the GM will only tell you something interesting. It's on you to make it useful. You you read through this chapter and it is on Averius, mm-hmm. the god of the desert, right. and the discoverer of the Segaransa crystals. Right. Not the Segaransa, the Sephira crystals. And it describes Averius coming to the dry lake that would become Segaransa. Okay. And defeating a malevolent force that had taken root there okay and it doesn't describe the force it just says that there was an enemy okay pretty much that he uh that averius came and defeated mm-hmm. and in the hill that would become ukurosau mm-hmm. found ukurosau the crystal the okay. Sephira crystal and the vein of Sephira, and upon that he founded Segaranza and declared it the first city to take root in the first city in which civilization would take root in okay. the Esha step. Okay. Uh, and that's pretty much all it says. It then kind of goes into a short history of uh, Averius um, helping to guide people into the step from another continent. And, or from, I think, like, the mountains far to the north, actually. Uh, He helped people cross the mountains and enter into the steppe and found a civilization. Okay. And that civilization eventually became Segaranza, and from there, people spread out 
to the other uh, found more dry lake basins to to uh, colonize okay. and build up from there. Okay. I definitely write down all of the details. And I, the thing is, I think I would have already known the details of his fight because I have the Book of Legends of Heroes Past and his. I think his legend would have been in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe this book has more specific details or more details that would then would be in my book. Well, so wait, so don't you get to ask me a question? When uh, I encounter an important creature, location, or item I that's covered in my bar, bardic lore, I didn't really cover, I didn't really encounter any of that stuff. Um, I don't I don't think that coming to the library and specifically seeking out a book that has one chapter on him is me finding anything that is of great import. Yeah, but I think in... Well, because you said that you think you would know more about the Force. No, not that I would know more about the Force, just that I would already like be familiar enemy. with this the story. story. Okay. Um, but this book might have more details than my Legends of Heroes Past. It may have, maybe it describes the battle a little bit more. Maybe obviously not going to detail what the Force is, but um, maybe it gives me a little bit more detail. Maybe it, it is specific about what's actually happening in the fight. Maybe just more detail. Okay. Or are you going to give me something for free? Out. Well, I don't know. I was kind of debating whether or not I should. I think what we'll do is we'll say that uh, this book in the library presents it more as him eradicating an army. Okay. Whereas your book, Legends of Heroes Past, gives it a much more uh, mythical feel. Right. It's him going against literally like an evil force. Right. So we'll, we'll, we'll go. We'll do yeah. that. So I write down any discrepancies. Uh, you know what? Okay, I'm retconning a little bit. So I said that I took out my book, my book of spells and magics. Mm-hmm. I'm actually taking out my book of legends of heroes past. I okay. like I put it away. I put my spells and magics away, and I take out my book of legends of heroes past, and I turn to my story in like the section of that book that has his story, and in the margins, like. I'm not crossing it out because I would never yeah. do that. But I put like little carrots and arrows. Like it's an army. It's like I'm the discrepancies within the story. I'm writing them in the margins and above the lines and stuff so that I have all the information. Because this sounds an awful lot like the dream I had and is making me feel like there's a connection. And I'm looking at your face. And you can't see this audience, but I I'm not making the right connection. That's what his face is saying. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm not making the right connection. How's that my face? But Sal is writing down these things. I was totally stone faced. Mm-hmm. I was completely stone-faced. Mm-hmm. Nine years of looking at this face. I know this face. Oh, no. I, but this is what Sam was doing. She's writing down the discrepancies of the, the story that's in her book versus the story that's in this book. Okay. And kind of just collecting it. And, like, it's definitely triggering for her. This is very similar to my dream. I might need to look into this a little bit more. Is that all I'm getting from this book? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Okay. So I put the book back. Um, How long would you say I've I've been down here? With including my walk back up to the front desk. Uh, let's say two hours. Perfect. Is perfect. that that kind of seems long? But I think with the walk and me like perusing the book, I probably flipped through the book, being like, "There's got to be something else." Yeah. There's gotta be more. Yeah, I think you probably did try and explore it a little bit more. So I, I think yeah, we'll say two hours for everything: reading the chapter, right. translating, like or transcribing it into your book and everything else. And I probably went back to the shelves and been like, this can't be it. And like looked for something else, but nothing was there. So I walk back up and I see Inalchuk? Inalchuk, yeah. Inalchuk. Oh man, I was close. I'm going to have to phonetically write that down. 
I, I go up to them and I say, thank you so much for helping me. You will definitely be seeing me again because that was very helpful and I'm very interested in this topic. So if, if you come across any books or, or if you have any more resources, I'm also, this story kind of made me very interested in the founder. So if you have any more resources on that, next time I come by, I might inquire about that. Roll plus charisma. Yes, best stat, best stat. No, that's a six plus two is an eight. It's not as good as I wanted. That's, I mean, that's still pretty good. I know, but I wanted like a, what I wanted was a 14. Uh, and Alchuk pulls out a piece of parchment and uh, looks at you and says, what's your name, dear? Oh, my name. So? He uh, writes your name down and scribbles some other things down. And, and sets it in like on their desk, and and Alchuk says, um, "I will keep an eye out for you, and mark down anything that I think could help you in your studies. Um, please come back anytime." Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Charm is on one thousand. Big ass smile because he's creepy and I do not, or they are creepy and I do not want to be on their bad side. I don't like the weird jerky movements. And I think this is something that sound has probably always been like around elves. This, I'm sure this is not the first elf she's encountered. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but I think she's always just like, oh, I love watching you walk, but I hate watching you move. <laughs> like, like I think that's just how she's always been. And so she's just kind of like, off put and mm-hmm. sound is really Diana. So when Diana's like off put, big smile. I'm like, okay, please don't hate me because I don't want you to hate me because you're weird and I don't want. I don't know what's going on here. Um, so I think that's what's happening with sound. She's just charm out the wazoo and she heads outside and she's walking around the market. I am looking specifically for a leather market seller person or a clothes market seller person. There's a name for that. A tailor? Well, but not re- like, not necessarily. Like, I don't really care if you've made it. I want to buy uh, okay. clothes. Like, so somebody, just somebody selling clothes? Yes. Not fabrics, but clothes. Right. Except for if I, if there are no clothes, if it's just leather, then it's like somebody who would do something with that. Okay. Well, so this square doesn't have anything like that. It's mostly right. uh, small goods. I think maybe some magic components and things yeah. like that. Things for the scholarly elite. Yeah, that makes sense. But there is the very large market that is at the base of Ukurasao. Right. Here's the thing. I wanted to start heading towards Zofia, the dwarf from the second episode. So you're trying to go to Dwarf Town? Yes. Okay. And so I think what I might do is I might just stop anybody who looks very nice and go, can you point me in the direction of Dwarf Town? And then, well, well, Dwarf Town shouldn't be hard for you to find. It is Dwarf Town, right? I don't know. It's Dwarf Town and Corpse Town. I named them both town. I don't both know. Both districts town. Well, they're probably not the real names of that district. Yeah. It's just what people are colloquially calling it. I have a hard time saying that word. Col- colloquial. Colloquial. Yeah, it's a hard word. There are w- weird sounds in there. That's not the point of what I'm talking about. <laughs> I think I find, like, someone who just looks very nice. Okay. Maybe a, a vendor. That is the word I was looking for, vendor. I think I just find a vendor who looks like a very nice person. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, I am uh, trying to find my way to Dwarf Town. Can you point me in that direction? And then when they point me in that direction, I'm like, oh, great. Do you happen to know of any clothes vendors that would be on the way or any shops that I might be able to stop at? Huh. I pick a vendor that very clearly would not sell clothes. This would not be a competition. Yeah. I pick somebody who's selling, like, trinkets. Yeah. 
Is this the, uh, I mean, I, I also think that, I think this is you hitting the city again. I think so, too. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, roll to hit the city. All right. That is a five. Five total? I don't remember. Yeah, because it's, it's five plus, plus wisdom. wisdom. Yeah, that's a, that's a five total. All right. So, mark an XP. Super good. And what happens when you miss that move? Ah, uh, no, no guarantees. Just no promises. That's all it says. He gives you directions to Dwarf Town, which are very easy. You just have to go south. Okay. Right? Uh, to get to Dwarf's, Dwarf Town. Um, Dwarf Town, if you remember, is at the southern base of the city along the hand line. Yeah. There's the heart line and the hand line. It's at the gate that you entered. So you know it's on the hand line, but you also know it's a little bit like Dwarf Town itself is off the hand line. Right. So what do you do to find it, knowing that it's south? I probably follow the hand line for a while. So did we establish that Sal is good at directions, unlike Diana, who is not? I think Sal is fine at directions, just that Segaranza itself is overwhelming. Right. Okay. So south should be fairly easy to identify. Yeah. Right? So I just kind of make sure that I'm continuing south while following the hand line. Okay. Um, and then once I get to an area where I'm like, oh, I really don't know where I am, I think I just ask somebody. Like, hey, can you just make sure I'm heading in the right direction? Thanks. You're walking along the hand line, and these trains occasionally go past. As you're walking along the hand line, this train rushes past you, and and you see it so you have like the train tracks on your left side and uh the buildings on your right Mm -hmm. and there's some markets like there's some place like shops okay right there are like cooked chickens and birds hanging in windows and mutton and uh these big taroks that are like carrying carts uh, through the streets and it's loud and busy and even louder when these trains pass by and there's the two tracks that are like near each other mm-hmm. one going south and one going north right and i think as you're walking you see in the center of these tracks there is a young no <laughs> i knew it there is a young formian which is like the ant folk. So okay. like a Formian grub. Okay. Oh, a that's gross. young dwarf and a null cub picking through the litter. Okay. In between these two tracks. In between the two tracks. They would definitely get squished by two trains. No, no, no. The the I think there's like between seven and ten feet between the two tracks. Okay. Right? And they've been in these in this gap mm-hmm. picking stuff. Just, just like picking through the litter, right? Uh, and they're dirty and gross, and they're just kind of uh, sifting through the litter and the trash and the garbage. I could stop and talk to them, help them get them out from the train tracks, or I could keep going. Mm-hmm. And you put that in front of me because I didn't roll well. <laughs> so if I stop and talk to them, something bad will happen. And if I leave them. Something bad will happen. So I have to decide which decision results in not dead children. I'm not saying that these children are at risk of being hurt. You put them in between trains. 
No one talks about children on train ta- tracks unless they're, there's uh, someone's about to lose a limb or their life. They are not on the train tracks except for when they occasionally go onto the train tracks. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Um, and I think uh, actually, like the little formian, as you're watching, they do kind of like they're crawling over the like what the northbound track. And they're, like, reaching, like, under the wooden planks, uh, and they pull out, like, a coin, and they, like, start showing the others. And uh, they're just kind of, like, showing each other, like, what they're finding. Right. Uh, and uh, I think uh, the foreman, like, puts the coin in a little sack by their side, and then they go back to rummaging through the... Through the... Oh, this is going to be a problem. Garbage. And uh, I think there's even, like, a shop... Uh, there's, like, a couple shopkeeps that are, like, on their benches, it just kind of, like, pointing and, like complaining about the garbage okay so here's the thing i was going to walk by i was going to keep an eye on to make sure that they were safe Mm -hmm. and i was going to walk by but now there are people talking about them that's an issue i stop (laughs) sound stops but here's what happens she instinctively wants to be like whoa hold on stop so right but she doesn't immediately because of the conversation that she had with Evarisu, who said, keep your head down. She stops and she thinks about Ever- what Evarisu says. Um, because one, he asked her to. And two, she knows that her family has been contacted. So the more... No, she doesn't. She does. Somebody warned her. The, um, the... Oh, what's his name? Pete Myth? No, Pete Myth suggested. Okay, I shouldn't Pete say Myth that she Pete told knows. you that Messiah knew right. who you were. Right, but I don't trust Messiah. Okay. At all. So in my head, she has absolutely contacted my family. And then we, as listeners, know that she contacted somebody and just to juxtaposition? Juxtaposition? How do you say that word? Juxtaposition? Juxtaposition? Yeah. That sounds weird. Is that right? I don't know. What are you trying to say? Is that not the word? Juxtaposition? Juxtaposition. Juxtaposition? In, in, in juxtapos- juxtapose is a word. I don't know how you're trying to use it. So we can infer that because we were yeah, given... That is not what juxtapose means. All right, all right. <laughs> we can infer that because the scene where she was writing a letter came very close together in time, which mm-hmm. is where I'm trying to use that word I cannot say, yes. to sound finding out that Messiah knows... Yeah. We can infer that Messiah has contacted Sound's family. Mm-hmm. All right. I have a hard time saying some of these weird English words. Well, they're I hard. More of the problem is that I don't think you know what that word means. <laughs> I do know what that. I know how people use that word. Okay. Shut up. English isn't my first language. But back on point. So she suspects, at the least, she suspects that her family knows or that her family is aware of where she is now mm-hmm. or soon will be. So she doesn't want to draw more attention to herself. However, garbage. I don't know if they use the word garbage. I think they more use the word trashy. So Sal stops and just stops. She's not looking at either side, just stops dead in her tracks and continues listening. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't think there's much, I don't think they say much more than that. They kind of just, uh, something along the lines of, you know, these trashy kids can't, don't know what they're doing they're gonna get themselves killed and then you know we're gonna have to deal with three dead kids in front of our shops and that isn't good for business where are their dang parents (laughs) that was that was a funny face you just made um i think sound goes 
yeah, man, all these trashy people here shitting on kids who are just looking for some fun and or funds. Man, those shitty, shitty, trashy, shitty people. And I continue walking. I don't say it to anybody. I just say it out loud, loud enough for them to hear it and continue walking. Okay, yeah. I think the shopkeep uh, leans out and yells something crude at your back. Here's what I think happens. Here's what I think happens. <laughs> Sound doesn't stop. She's not, I'm not giving them any more attention than they deserve. They're just stupid people. I think, though, her right, because her sword is on her left side, mm-hmm. I think she very purposefully moves her right arm and, like, straightens it and makes a fist as if she is deciding whether or not to grab the now open, ca- the openly carried sword. Mm-hmm. Like, I am making it very obvious that I'm considering going for a weapon. And then I just continue walking. I have not stopped since I started. Okay, yeah. And I think just under his breath, he says, yeah, keep walking. I'm sure, yeah. I don't, you're dumb and they're kids. You're just gonna let these kids play in the... I can't, listen, <laughs> I can't save everyone. And if I stop, there's gonna be attention on me. And also, what am I gonna say to them? And also, how am I supposed to stop them? They're just gonna get back into the, it's awful. Here's the thing. This is exactly what is going through Sound's brain. Do I stop? Do I not stop? Do I help them? Do I not help them? Mm-hmm. They look like they're fine. They look like they've done this before. Should I stop them, though, because they're playing in the trains? I, I, what, what do I do? What do I do? Mm-hmm. I'm not supposed to draw attention to myself. How am I supposed to handle this situation? On and on and on until she's like, I'm just going to watch them and make sure they don't die and continue walking because I cannot do anything else. Mm-hmm. And so that's what she does. And I think we will end there. I think that's a good spot to end. Um, I'm also really hung up on this idea of a baby formian and they're just like instead is it larva because then how is it moving so here's how i'm picturing it like you know how like in actuality like bugs like they they have larva and then the larva like like metamorphize into the thing right i'm just kind of picturing this as like a larva that has just started to like grow its shell around it so he's like a little ant but he's still got like the white larva bits and he's kind of like he's got like chubby rolls but he's like starting to get like armor like on his like body and he's got like a little ant head but he's like cute and chubby I can't imagine this cute. Like, I cannot imagine <laughs> that, it cute. Am I just weird? No, you might I'm be imagining this it cute. cute little ant baby. You might be imagining it cute. I'm imagining disgusting. Oh, he's so Larva cute. or gross. Sorry for all you people out there who really like bugs and larva. It's gross. It's gross. I, it's super I feel gross. like I'm probably in the minority here. We should do a Twitter poll to find out who <laughs> agrees with me. It's gross. But you know I love baby rolls. Roly polies, roly poly little arms, roly poly little oh legs. God, little Love rolls. them. Oh, I just want to eat them. So, uh, so okay. So we will end there. Okay. Uh, we will pick up with this next week. Yay. A uh, few things. What yes. What do we have t- this week? Um, so the big things are, uh, well, a couple big things are happening. Last week. Uh, Narrative Drive released an episode uh, where uh, Sid 
of Narrative Drive interviewed me Ooh. about uh, RPGs and my thoughts on RPGs and gaming communities and gaming rules. So if you want to hear me be really hypocritical about <laughs> rules in Dungeons & Dragons, uh, you should hop on over to Narrative Drive and give them a listen. Uh, they're a really cool actual play podcast. They are doing... Call of Cthulhu, and their next campaign is Numenera, which I'm very excited for. So if you haven't checked out Narrative Drive, check them out. The other super exciting news is that Diana and I are going to be doing a live show Yay! in Philadelphia yeah. in December. So on December 17th, we are going to be doing a live show at Amalgam Comics and Coffee House. If you've never been to Amalgam, it is an awesome comic shop. Diana, have you ever been to Amalgam? I have not, but I have heard you talk about it a lot, and I I, I mean, I know why you talk about them, so yeah. it's very exciting. They are very cool, really just awesome space, very enjoyable space, very, like, cool. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know how else to say it. They're a really cool comic shop. Last time I was there, I got coffee and looked at comics and bought, I think I bought Everfair, which is an awesome alternative history of the Congo with steampunk. Very cool. Super cool. Well, do you want to tell people why it's super duper cool or one of the reasons it's super duper cool other uh, than the coffee and the awesome things that you can get there? Amalgam is owned by Ariel Johnson. Uh, she is the East Coast's first black female comic store owner. So Amalgam Comics in Philadelphia is the first comic store on the East Coast to be owned and operated by a black woman owner. That's awesome. Um, yeah, and it was opened in 2015, so it's still relatively new. And it just has a really awesome vibe. It has a really awesome atmosphere. And we're going to do a live show there. Yay. And we're actually opening for Everything is Awesome pod. I don't know if is opening the right term for podcasts. We are going on before them. Yeah. Right? That's opening. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to be on uh, from 3.30 to 4.30, uh, December 17th. And the we're going to be followed by Everything is Awesome Pod, uh, which is a super cool like interview style podcast yeah. run by Kevin Gallagher, that nerdy Kev, uh, on Twitter. And th they're going to be doing a special 100th episode of Everything is Awesome, where they're going to do a actual play game with Jeff Snowstormer of Party of One Pod, which is another one-on-one -on -one actual play podcast. Super fun. Uh, and they're going to play a game that uh, Jeff Snowstormer actually designed himself. Oh, cool. So you should come. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be really cool. Uh, we're going to do something special for it that I'm really excited for that uh, Diana doesn't know about. I don't think I told... Oh, I told you a little bit. Um, I already don't remember. Yeah, I know. It was very late and I was like, I don't know if I want to tell you. And you're like, I won't remember. Yeah. So I did. And you don't remember. I don't remember. It's going to be a lot of fun though. And you should come out. It's going to be very cool. The event is up on Facebook. Uh, if you follow us on Facebook or on Twitter, you will get more information about it. So even more of a reason to follow us on those mediums. Yes. You can follow us on Twitter at heartpointspod. If you tweet it at us or about us, we would love to see it. You can tag us or hashtag HeartPointsPod, and uh, we will mention you on the show like a lot of people who have talked about us or mentioned us or talked to us lately, such as uh, Jeff Snowstormer, uh, Narrative Drive, Red Moon Roleplaying, Kevin Lovecraft, Tom Harrison, Deha, and Roll to Play Podcast. So thank you, everybody, for, you know, 
talking to us because I love to talk. Please, like, hit us up. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash heartpointspod. Also, we did this in the weird order. Thank you to Zach B., our editor, without whom this show wouldn't get made. Also, thank you to In Love With A Ghost for the use of their song Chilling At Nemo's Place off of the album Healing. I think orders for the vinyl of Healing are still available, so if you haven't done that, you should totally do that. It'll be a great Christmas gift. Ooh, you're right. If you celebrate Christmas, or Candlemas, or Hanukkah, or Kwanzaa, or the winter solstice, whatever. Yeah. If you like us, please make sure to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We're available wherever. Yep. And please recommend us to your fellow RPG-loving friends. Force them. Force them to listen. Don't force them. But force them. Tell them. When you're hanging out with your family over the holidays, just play this in the background and be like, you all have to shut up and listen to this great couple right now (laughs) while they do their things. You're so aggressive. But it will make the holidays awkward more fun okay it will make them more fun so uh with all that said uh we hope to hear from you soon and uh we will be back next week with more segaranza probably yes we will be with more segaranza all right so in the meantime have a very nice day but like a very very nice one <laughs>